Hi, my name is Jeff Zink. I'm also uh, a Maricopa County resident. I'm also a congressional candidate for District 3 against Ruben Gallego that I ran. One of the things that I uh, am trying to be uh, brought to attention is, is that we have media that's being excluded here. The America Voice and Gateway Pundit has not been allowed to be in here. Why? That's a great question to, for y'all to answer. The other is, is that I also worked the Arizona audit in 2020. The also the Arizona primary audit that a lot of people don't know. I've also worked nine states in this country. The fraud that has been taking place is rampant, but this county alone, y'all in, in Georgia are fighting tooth and nail to be who's more corrupt. This is something that I, I feel like that we need to actually take control of. In my race alone, an algorithm uh, took place, which shows that at no time did I ever gain any ground whatsoever. Yet, in all of the exit polls and all the people that have been polled, 56% of the people exiting out of Maricopa County was Republicans on election day. Yet, that does not reflect in any shape or form in my election. In fact, it is a linear line that is actually perpendicular to uh, Ruben Gallegos. This is a farce. This election, absolutely, along with the 2020, is no longer... Uh, certifiable. This needs to be redone. We need ballots that are paper. It needs to be counted in one day. If Florida can count, which is twice our size, uh, the amount with a hurricane, then we should be able to do it in one day as well. And the fact that we don't is a disgrace to not only the Arizonans that you're trying to represent, but what I'm also trying to Mr. represent. Zink, your time is up. Thank you. Hello, my name is Jonah Landry. I'm 20 years old, and this past midterm has the uh, will be the first time I have voted in a second major election. It is an honor to be able to take part in such an integral part of our country, but nothing is more diminishing than feeling like your voice is not heard. And that's what I and many others feel right now. I am not here to attack anyone, but I am here to simply give a perspective that many of my peers and I feel. Many of you are probably here going to get complaints about insecurities with machines, ballot stuffing, week-long counting, and some of the members even of this board being in a coalition that was to prevent MAGA candidates. And though some of these arguments I agree with having some factor in the result of the elections, that is not what I'm here to talk about today. Today I'm here to talk about something that can't be chalked up to conspiracy theory rhetoric, but is a factual event that cannot be denied. Today, I'm here to talk about the errors that occurred in 20 to 30 percent of our voting machines. The delays that resulted from these errors extended lines around 60 to 90 minutes long. Now, normally, I would be upset about this, but wouldn't say it's election-changing issues if it were not for two factors. First is how close this election is. Our governor is being decided by a difference of 17,000 votes, and our attorney general by less than 1,000. The second factor is that a request to extend the poll was submitted, just like Pennsylvania when they had delays, but for some reason it was shot down. That is willful neglect. A lot of people here went to vote early because they had no time to vote after work, but delays did not allow them to vote in general without being late. 
when election day in-person votes average around 16% Democrats and these machine errors affected mainly red areas, we would have seen different results. I request that December 6th, Maricopa County holds a runoff election without these machines that caused the problems in the first place. Thank you. Thank you again, please. No outburst. Hey, Arizona, Carrie Lake here. I wanted to reach out to you to let you know that I am still in this fight with you. For two years, I've been sounding the alarm about our broken election system here in Arizona, and this past week has confirmed everything we've been saying. When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. When we raised concerns and I filed a lawsuit months ago to get rid of the electronic voting machines, they said we were crazy. Well, it turns out we were right. On election day, nearly half of all polling locations had problems with tabulating machines and printers. Malfunctioning tabulation machines forced voters to wait in line for hours to exercise their sacred right to vote. I talked to voters who waited in line for hours. One man told me he went to a location and there was a three-hour line because the tabulators weren't working. He drove 15 miles to another location and the printers weren't working. He drove another 15 miles and was finally able to cast his vote, but he's not sure it counted. Our election officials failed us miserably. What happened to Arizonans on election day is unforgivable. Tens of thousands of Maricopa County voters were disenfranchised. Now, I am busy here collecting evidence and data. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team, and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done this past week. I'm doing everything in my power to right these wrongs. My resolve to fight for you is higher than ever. This movement started in Arizona, and it quickly expanded to all 50 states. It's a movement of mama bears and papa bears and students and Arizonans who love this country, who want secure borders, who want schools that prepare their children for the real opportunities that are out there. It's a movement of Arizonans who want safe streets once again and want the drug crisis to come to an end. It's a movement of Arizonans who want prosperity and the pursuit of happiness. That movement is stronger than it ever has been. And I can promise you one thing. This fight to save our republic has just begun. I love you, Arizona, and I love you, America. It is Thursday, 17 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, if you think the fight ended on Election Day, you are sorely mistaken. Carrie Lake throwing down hard is assembled a top quality a team of data experts, a team of uh, lawyers. But it's really just uh, to augment the people of Arizona. I've never seen an outpouring like this in my life. This dwarfs 2020. Uh, the, the the material I've seen, the videos I've seen, the affidavits I've seen, it, it's overwhelming. We could play the clips from Maricopa County for, for, for hours. Brian Kennedy, in fact, is going to join us at the top of the hour for the next hour to go through uh, more of it. I want to bring in now Caroline Wren, a senior advisor to Carrie Lake. Uh, Caroline, just tell us where exactly do we stand in this? You know, you guys went uh, dark and ship for a couple of days uh, internally, I think, to work these things through. Uh, right. You know, we're coming up on, on Friday. They're, they're, they haven't finished counting. You, you were still getting drops, right? We're getting drops from right. Apache, Cochise. You know, there's, there was I, more. I think there was more there's ballots from Maricopa County this morning. 
You know, we, we, we were told the other day that, you know, Maricopa County's done, but there's all of a sudden more in Maricopa County. Surprise, surprise, couple of thousand. So I don't think this, the certification process hasn't, I think, officially started because they're still putting in ballots. Where, where are we in the process and where are we in, uh, Carrie Lake's fight? Well, it's been, uh, I guess, what is this, eight days since Election Day, and they're not done counting. I mean, this doesn't happen in other states. This is unbelievable. We're watching Maricopa just keeps finding more ballots, and there it's the, the lack of communication between Maricopa County and the different campaigns and legal teams is, is really stunning. Um, they they don't give us any straight information, any straight answers. We ask for it politely. We, we try to demand it, and it's just nothing. It, we just are basically at the mercy of, of what everyone else sees, where they just publicly say, okay, here's another drop. Good luck. Figure out where it's from. And then the, there's counties all over that we don't have still, you know, all the votes in. You know, Abe's in a really, really tight race. And every time you see oh, Abe just gained 222 votes, but then Apache County drops 224 votes for Chris Mays. And it's just it's nobody has faith in this. This is a completely broken system. And so we're, we're working hard. We went a little dark just trying to figure out what to do. It's hard to keep up with the amount of information that is, is one public coming out publicly, but also just thousands. I can, thousands of people who are reaching out to say that they or a loved one or a friend was disenfranchised on election day and preparing a legal team to even go through that amount of data is, is really quite difficult. I mean, that is just so much. And then the other part is a big place where that data lives is in the secretary of state's office. This is the same secretary of state. That's our opponent who wouldn't recuse herself. This is the same secretary of state who was in charge of certifying this election. This is the same secretary of state who botched this entire election that she was supposed to oversee. Why, Why haven't you gone in? If you're, if you're, if Maricopa County, is not giving you access. And there's some pretty basic things they have to give, like the, the, the login book versus the number of votes. I mean, there's certain ways the yeah, system's supposed to have to check. The manuals, the, the man, check in, check it. The manual is about that thick. And of course, there were so many conflicting and confusing, um, orders given on, on Tuesday that conflict with the document that's that big. Remember, this document just didn't drop from heaven. This document was highly negotiated and processed oriented. I think Haiti Hobbs's names on a, uh, it's promulgated under the signature of the secretary of state and the attorney general and the governor. Th- this was all supposed to take care of the problems of 2020. So this is not something that just, they just kind of thought up on the spot yet. There's so many moving pieces that weren't done according to the manual. If you're not getting the information, why have you not gone in the court and get an injunction and have a judge or ask for the court to start to supervise this. What, what, what is, what, if it's, if it's as much as fiasco on the inside from you guys, as it appears to the voting public and to the media that is, is covering this closely, uh, and you can just see it, Maricopa, don't take my word for it. Just listen to the hours of testimony by voters and, and candidates at the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors meeting. Why are you not in court? asking for a TRO, an injunction, or at least for some sort of court supervision of this fiasco that obviously Katie Hobbs and Bill Gates can't manage and can't oversee, ma'am. But answer the first part of your question regarding the manual since 2020 and Katie Hobbs. Well, reminder, her office has been closed since 2020. So I, I don't think anyone within Katie Hobbs' office or anyone even knows what's in this manual, quite frankly, because they're certainly not following it. And this was truly one of the worst run elections maybe in the history of time. So it's that part. The second part is I can't go too much even to the legal strategy, but there are a couple of things I can go into. And there's been a lot of back and forth between our attorneys and the Maricopa County attorneys 
And I do think that we need to be more public about what those things are. We've been trying to be very careful and and I don't want to say play by the rules because the Democrats certainly don't, but trying to follow this process along. But one of the letters that our attorney sent yesterday is something really simple that we'd like to know. Why is it that we we start early voting on October 12th? And why did zero percent of the voting centers encounter tabulation problems during early voting when we know the Democrats were all heavily voting? And why did that number then jump up to 48 percent of voting centers encounter tabulation, tabulation problems on election? day when voters voted for Carrie Lake three to one. Basic things like that are being put in writing. We're sending them to Maricopa County. Shocker, they're not answering them. But these are things that if you know certain things end up going to litigation, I think there's a lot of people who would like to know this because I would like to know. I think that is absolutely outrageous. And and it's it's either total incompetence or it's malice. And I, I think that's that's what we're going to try to find out. Carrie Lake is a fighter. Her whole um, campaign is a, is a fighter's campaign is uh, I take it you guys are doing the work, you're getting the data, you just don't want to be flailing around. But I would assume that given what you're telling me, that the people, her supporters and her opponents are going to see something a little more aggressive uh, shortly. I guess, I mean, we, see, we both are also, the courts aren't on our side. Like, Reiner, Carrie Lake sued to get rid of these tabulation machines six months ago, and the court told her she didn't have standing. Like, if Carrie Lake didn't have standing, I mean, who does? And sure enough, like they all said that we're crazy and we're conspiracy theorists and the judge threw it out. Kelly Ward was yelling at everyone for months about tonering and they called her a crazy conspiracy theorist. And here we are, 48% of the tabulation centers went down on election day due to totering and other printer malfaction issues. This is something that we sued about six months ago, something we yelled at everyone about. So, you know, we can take these things to court, but like at some point we're just, you're, yeah. Does, 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 does the campaign think that this election's certifiable, yes or no? I don't want to answer that question and jump out against the litigation yet, but I can I can tell you that Carrie Lake is certainly a fighter, and it's it's I I just don't want to answer that yet, but I think that the public will have an answer to that very very soon as to whether we do or not. Caroline, how do people follow you? People are on tenterhooks about this, uh, not just that Carrie Lake. Um, uh, supporters, sure. but the media from around the world, the opposition, the Carrie Lake haters, the Carrie Lake supporters, the world at large, uh, where, how they follow you. Well, I think one thing, if you have any friends or family or one of the thousands of people in Maricopa County that experienced serious issues on election day, encourage people to go to save And that's where you can officially put in your claim. And we have attorneys that are going to be looking into that. And then separately follow at Carrie Lake, on Twitter, Getter, other places, and it's at Caroline Wren. At Carrie Lake, at Caroline Wren, and save AZ. Save AZ now. Oh, I'll get it. <laughs> See, that's easy for you to say. Caroline <laughs> Wren. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, ma'am. We will turn now to Liz Harris when we get back after a short commercial break. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. Okay, welcome back. Thursday, 17 November, Year of the Lord 2022. We stay in Arizona. Liz Harris, you remember Liz from a couple of years ago, the canvassing. She got a nasty letter uh, from Merrick Garland that said, hey, if you start doing canvassing, uh, that's a criminal activity. And uh, and we got the hairy eyeball. And you're trying to intimidate Liz Harris, the good folks out in Arizona. They're not, you can't intimidate them. She's now one uh, being state rep from Arizona 13 in the Chandler 
area. But Liz, you put out something today. You said, let me get this right. You said you were willing to give up your victory, willing to give up your victory if they would have, if they would stop the certification process and just do the whole statewide election over again. Do I understand that right or am I incorrect? Well, yeah, I know that's a good interpretation. I won my election. However, I am calling for a new election. Here in Arizona, so as many of us were highly disappointed when Carrie Lake did not prove victorious. However, we knew this was another repeat of a potentially fraudulent election. It was like a redo of 2020. So in Arizona, also understand that the the victory for the House and the Senate for the state of Arizona it was a mar- it's a margin of one Republican each. Now the projections were that the House should have a five to seven person Republican win and that the Senate should have a three to five person win. So to give us Katie Hobbs, Adrian Fontes, and a one advantage on the House and the Senate, there is no way all indicators do not indicate that that was what was deemed to happen. Arizona was undergoing a red wave. And instead, they give us Katie Hobbs, who will do nothing to help the state legislature with election reform. We have okay, Adrian. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on, hold, hang, hold, hold on. I, I know the candidates, I know the things, but I want to get to because you're a detail person. Yes. If Is it sour grapes? And and let's say I argue that hey the McCain and uh, the Mormons out there are, are moderates and they look at you guys as a I'm I'm giving the mainstream media's take that you had the McCain faction and the Mormon faction which is the central part to the business community they're very moderate uh, they're kind of open borders um, and they they look at you guys as a collection of extremists and they voted for the treasurer who they're comfortable with and they didn't vote for the rest of you so that's why he didn't get the seats what. A, but do you have a concrete argument? Because you've been doing this for years and you've been detailed. I mean, you're you're the hero because you kind of went around and knocked on doors and actually drew a letter from Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco, I think, to say, hey, uh, we think that's a, a, a canvas to actually see who's there. And you <laughs> your survey, you showed enough, I think, to show there were some problems. That's why they wanted to shut you down. And Navarro kept saying, it's Liz Harris. It's the canvas, not the count. Right. What do you have here besides, oh, we didn't uh, we didn't win enough seats and we didn't. And Carrie Lake's not governor, ma'am. My my bold statement is that they have controlled the elections for decades. That that is a very bold statement. But the canvas proves it. The machine information that the software information that we've learned over the year last year, there's so many things. And what happens is when you want to put this evidence in front of them and show them the canvas or show them anything, they don't want to look at it. You know, it's like they don't want to see the evidence. I have offered to every single legislator come to my office and look at the canvas results. CNN, they didn't look at it. They said, oh, we debunked it. I mean, that's the problem. They don't want to look at the evidence, Steve. If they looked at the evidence. Okay. 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 Hang on. Hang on. You went out and after you did this, you actually ran for office and you won an office in the state legislature of Arizona, which is no small thing. Most of the congressmen and and senators, they all started there. You, you have an obligation to the people in the Chandler area that you ran on a ticket and you won. And it's also 
a legislature that's virtually a dead heat. So each vote, including your vote, is magnified. You've proposed that either have a new election or something you may not vote in any uh, in any uh, any legislation uh, until if they certify this election. Is there anything from this election where you actually ran, not the body of evidence that you've had to date, which I think is quite compelling, but in this election, the one that took place in the weeks leading up to in the day of November 8th, that would compel you to say, I'm prepared to have the people of Chandler who will hopefully have your back to say, I'm not prepared to really take my seat uh, until this thing gets sorted out. So I'm going to take the seat, but I'm going to withhold votes which is essentially not taking, all right. So going into the election, we had over uh, 1,000 Republican advantage, meaning 1,000 more people sent in mail-in ballots, which is very good because typically, even in Republican districts, the number of mail-in ballots that get returned for the Democrats, it's always higher. We went, Julie Willoughby and I, we, it's a two, there are two seats. Julie Willoughby and I were running as a team, two seats, two Republicans. I believe very strongly that Julie Willoughby and I, we were cheated out of votes based on the fact that a Democrat website named Uplift had the numbers in our favor. And then when you get all the people to come out and vote on election day, which, which is typically a high Republican percentage, I was very confident going into this elect going into election day that Julie and I had it. But instead, they had the Democrat win by over 3000 votes. And then they had Julie and I neck and neck. So if we can get a new election, the only type of election that I'm going to trust. And this is nothing new. I've been saying this for two years. One day, one vote, paper ballots, no machines, hand counts, strong voter ID, and the voting at the precinct level. It's that simple. That's how it was when our founding fathers created this country. That is how we will have a fair election. And if we can do that, it would be it would be amazing because I think that is going to show the red wave. Liz, how do people follow you for this? Because this is only going to get more contentious, particularly since people like you are putting out bold, let's say, ideas. Uh, and I know that the courts are going to get involved, I think, pretty quickly. What, what, how do people follow you? So on Truth Social, Facebook and Instagram, vote Liz Harris. Liz, thank you for coming on. Look forward to having you back on here as we, uh, as we track this. And very bold proposal on your newly won seat. Somebody needs to do it. Thank you. Liz Harris, a patriot. Okay. I want to play, uh, I want to talk Arizona. Well, first off, Seb, before I get the cold open in here, give me your thoughts on Arizona and the election fiasco out there. (laughs) It's a GOP. I mean, what a, what a flipping disaster. I mean, you know, God bless Army Dylan for trying to put a good face on it. But when she comes on my show Wednesday morning from the from the RNC war room and says, uh, yeah, it's true. They didn't have enough printer cartridges. What 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 a joke. I mean, Rona McDaniel should have handed in her resignation. I know years ago, but the Wednesday after, the GOP doesn't have printer cartridges. Uh, th- that, that's just ranking competence. But, but the bigger story is the following. It is the ballots versus votes. 
Some candidates are just going to win because they're great candidates. In those states where the GOP isn't in control or they're ranking competence, we have to, I, I hate saying this, my gosh, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. We have to harvest more ballots than, than the bad guys. I mean, if you've got 50 days of voting uh, in, in Pennsylvania, 45 in the Commonwealth after Yunkin takes over, and, and more than 50% of Pennsylvania votes before a medically compromised individual even debates Oz, then it's not, about, it's not about Americans going to the polls to choose a candidate. It's about the enterprise of collecting pieces of paper collectively and harvesting them. And sadly, until we fix the system, the electoral system, we just have to out-harvest the bad guys. I, I, do you agree? Is this unconservative for me to say that, Steve? There's two different businesses. There's a ballot manufacturing distribution and uh, harvesting business. And that's what the Democrats yeah. are in, particularly in Nevada right. and, uh, and in Pennsylvania. And then there's a get out the vote. Let's have some rallies, get out the vote, knock on doors and have people come right. and actually vote. Right. That's the, that's kind of the, the horse and buggy system right now compared yeah. to the, uh, the, uh, st- state of the art ballot manufacturing business i'm not saying it's a voting business it's a ballot manufacturing business yes Let's hang on for one second how long can we go ahead and play comer can we go ahead and play comer let me play comer for for seb and then we'll take 3 30 and then we'll go in the break okay fine um i tell you we'll do it right when we come back and break uh seb what do you think in, in your observation and talking to harmeet do you think that the uh the election in arizona is certifiable Yeah, of course, because because she's going to certify herself. Should it be certified? Absolutely not. But it's again, it's it's like twenty twenty. If there's no chain of custody, you live in the real world, okay? Why do conservatives want to vote on election day? Because guess what? I am the custodian of my vote. I physically go to the polling station. I show my ID. They give me the ballot. I fill it in. I put it in the ballot box or I put it in the scanner. The chain of custody works because I am the guardian of the chain of custody. In Arizona and everywhere else where we have early voting, where we have mail-in voting, where we have harvesting. There is no chain of custody. So they can certify a, certify a pig in a poke. They can certify whatever they want. It will be certified. But I to- spoke to Carrie Lake offline yesterday, and man, she, she is going to fight, fight, fight. I, I wrote a big piece in American Greatness today, like 3,000 words. Uh, whatever happens, I think President Trump needs to create a ballot reform enterprise, and Carrie Lake should be the head of the national voter reform enterprise in america what do you think steve interesting concept here's what i think she's not gonna have time because she's been governor of arizona <laughs> i don't think this. God, i hope so and i think she's gonna <laughs> i think she's gonna go into court and get some corporate supervision of this short break uh explosive news on capitol hill today seb gorker is gonna lay it all out for you in the war room to a rural Pennsylvania home of a Catholic pro-life demonstrator to arrest him at gunpoint in front of his children in early morning hours, despite the fact that he posed no risk of violence or threat and had previously offered to turn himself in. Numerous whistleblowers, field agents, have alleged that D.C., your headquarters, has pulled them off working on child sex abuse cases, 
working on human trafficking cases, in order to work on January 6th matters for this reason, to give the appearance, they say, they say, that there are hundreds of new domestic terrorism cases in the country, when in fact there are not. Whistleblowers, field agents have also said that D.C. has ordered the use of SWAT teams on nonviolent suspects who may have attended a January 6th rally and They have been ordered to conduct surveillance and knock on doors of people who were not even in D.C. on January 6th. And again, all of this, according to the whistleblowers, these are your agents, all of this in order to make it look as if there's a mass surge in domestic terrorism all across the country when, in fact, the stats are being padded by political directive in your office. They also say, these whistleblowers, the D.C. leadership deliberately suppressed investigations into Hunter Biden, contrary to FBI procedure, and have also retaliated against FBI agents and whistleblowers who have contacted Congress, which, by the way, they are protected by statute to do so. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. And frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. And given your behavior recently, I think it only makes it more clear. Are there any travel plans today that we should be aware of that you have? We're supposed to have a second round. Will you be here for that? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. By the way, the end right there is calling him a liar. Um, if you noticed a little difference, uh, what a difference the date makes. We're now in charge of the uh, of the House. And let me give you the uh, signal, not the noise on the Senate. The 2024 cycle is horrible for the Democrats. They got 20 of the 33 seats up, 30, 24 Democrats. There's a half a dozen in red states. and You got Tester and Manchin. Right, This is the reason the debt ceiling is now looks like it's not going to happen in the lame duck. And right there, you see a new innervated Senate, Josh Hawley, eviscerating the head of the FBI, a stone cold liar. Ray, Ray will be impeached. He will be. Um, I think he's broken the law. I think it's criminality up and down the FBI. But he had uh, Congressman Comer. And this is McCarthy not getting, you know, only getting 188 votes for speaker the other day. He heard you. He's listening to Matt Gates because Matt Gates said, hey, these investigations are just going to be performative. That's not performative. I mean, he listed, what, 10, Seb Gorka, 10 federal crimes, and then said, hey, this is not about Hunter Biden. This investigation is about Joe Biden. So I know everybody's talking about impeachment. Forget impeachment right now. Don't need to worry about it. Just focus on the investigations. And that was a joint press conference between the House Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee. And Comer didn't come out like any trade gowdy. Seb, your assessment of, of the first shots across the bow from uh, Hawley in the Senate and Comer in the House. Well, first things first, I was remiss. It was remiss of me. I didn't say uh, at Mar-a-Lago on Tuesday, which was an amazing evening. I I saw a certain member of the Bannon family. She looked uh, lovely. So it was great to see your daughter there in in Mar-a-Lago. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have to do a mea culpa uh, based upon what you told me in the break, Steve, because allegedly Comer was had his nose put out of joint when Matt Gates invited me to the members' uh, dining room about two months ago to talk about what needs to happen uh, after the midterms to investigate Hunter Biden and the Biden uh, organized crime cartel. Um, 
I, I, I'd never heard of coma before. I'm always suspicious of politicians who've been in D.C. that you've never, ever heard of because it means they haven't kicked up a fuss in the swamp. But apparently he's the real deal. That list was impressive. I'm going to play exactly that cut again tonight. I'll be hosting um, Rob Schmidt's show on, on Newsmax, so I'm going to play that that whole sort again. I'm not interested in subpoenas. I, I want to see these things. I want to see charges. I'm not interested in impeachment. I want to see criminal referrals occur. The Biden family is an organized crime cartel. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is aiding and abetting the cartels of Mexico right now. He is helping them. He has kept the border open. The deaths, the blood are on his hands, on the hands of Joe Biden. So look, it sounds good. It's a great soundbite. But if there's anybody who's more cynical than me about DC, it's got to be Stephen K. Bannon. So do you trust this GOP with uh, an individual who's taken no blame for the disastrous result, made the minority leader again with Mitch in charge, with Kevin in charge? Do you trust these guys, Steve? I'm going to interview you now. Well, you know, we had uh, Matt Rosendale from Montana on yesterday, and he said there's no way that, that McCarthy has the votes. He just says he doesn't have them. He I said, know. He, he said that he, to me, but do you actually so. believe that? Here's what I believe, is that McCarthy and these guys understand, at least right now, there's enough pressure on them that you had that press conference with Jim Jordan today, and that was impressive. And i got to tell you, inside the White House, they're rattled. Because here's why. <laughs> Immediately after that press conference, first off, the mainstream, a lot of mainstream media didn't show up for it. The questions were, well, weren't these things all from 17? But you know what started trending right after that? It was Jared Kushner because it said, well, hold it. If you're going to do Hunter Biden, don't you have to do Jared Kushner on his Arab deal? So that shows you they're nervous. When, when they're counteracting uh, yeah. with, well, what about, you know, that, you know, they're nervous. So look, it's very simple, Seb, as you know, only if this, your audience in the John Frederick radio show and ours and the real America voice guys and John Solomon, if our collective audiences keep the bayonets to the back, and I want to make sure the liberal media understands that that's a term, old term of art, means keep pushing them forward. I think we'll get some action. Uh, if we don't, they'll always go back to their, to, to their ways, to their, their cartel ways. I yeah. do believe that this, in fact, I know this came directly from the Gates challenge that McCarthy is now trying to show everybody in the run up to the speakers from the third that he's going to be tough. And he unleashed the dogs, but quite, no offense. I think you being in the, the, uh, in the, in the, uh, over there at the, uh, the dining room in, in Congress over in the house and the, and, and Comer seeing you with Matt Gates and giving you stink eye understands Gates knows, knows how to play the game. I mean, Gates oh, he has does. gotten tremendous media coverage on this one man rally. And, and look, Gates is a guy that wants investigations. He's as good, you know, he's a, for, he's as good as I've seen in asking these questions. He's been a major part of, uh, of Jordan. So you had Jordan stepping up and you have Comer. We uh, bottom line is we're going to have to continue pressure. The appropriations process is the anvil. The investigation. Okay. Let, 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 let me, let me jump in here. Your, your, your analysis is, is okay. sound, but, but let me just push back on one thing. President Trump at the end of his speech declared war on the establishment in a way he's never done before. When you stand up as a former president who can lead another administration to victory, and you say, I'm going to amend the U.S. Constitution, I'm going to propose an amendment that there are term limits 
in Congress and that all congressmen and women and senators will be barred for life from lobbying. At that point, Steve, this man must be destroyed by the establishment. He must be utterly destroyed because he has gone after the only thing that matters to them, money and power. And the fact that we've had four people, four members of Congress in the last three days actually endorse that declaration of his campaign. Do we have the people with the spine to follow through. I love Matt Gates. Troy Nels has endorsed him. Elise Stefanik has endorsed him. But but can can we go after the admin? You, you had one mission, Steve, and it's to take down the administrative state. Can we do it with four people plus President Trump? No, you can't. Here's how you get to do it. Victory begets victory. Because I, I keep saying I gave it the talk last night to the to the audience and then to, uh, this morning. This is not and, – and, and Trump will get more allies over time as victory begets victory. This is not 15 and 16, although he's running as an outsider. This is going to be 10 times harder, 20 times harder. Yeah. This yeah. is Trump versus the money. This is Trump versus yeah. the power. This is Trump versus the system. This is Trump versus the establishment. This is the outsider versus the insiders. This is Trump versus the man. Okay. Yeah. And that's personified or manifested in, in Ken Griffin, in, uh, in, uh, Paul Tudor Jones, in yes. uh, Steve Schwartzman, all the billionaires plus Rupert Murdoch. That's what Trump's again. It's not, it's not about DeSantis or, or Yunkin. They're, no. they're interchangeable vessels, right? They will find a vessel. They will find their vessel, right? That is what he has to do. And only Trump can do this. And quite frankly, he doesn't even need allies. He doesn't. It's great to Stefanik and these people. I think it's great that people are positive and say, yes, I support him. But this is so fundamental and so raw. This is Trump versus them. And this is Trump. So, saying, so hang on, hang on. You, you, you nailed it, Steve. We're gonna put, you, you, yeah, go ahead. Your strategic analysis okay. is, is 100%. Do we need him? Because you're the former chief strategist. Do we need him to... Um, to move the turret, to move the, the targeting radical from the, the front men, the, 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 the go-betweens, the front organizations, and, and actually say, yes. guys, do you know who's – it's Murdoch, it, it, it's Singer. Does it's, he need yes. to have that narrative? Yes. Because if he does, th- he needs I to think, start now. I, I think I – th- I think, well – We'll have to give us give a couple of days and we'll see. I say (laughs) for Donald Trump, who's a puncher, never punch down. When you're punching DeSantis and Youngkin, you're punching down. Punch equal. These guys are your peers, or or or, or they want to be your peers. They're jealous that you're the president and they're not. Punch Paul Singer. Punch Ken Griffin. Punch Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch's punching you every day in the New York Post, our beloved paper. Punch back. Seb, tell us about, give us tonight, give us all the contacts, where they Substack and, and Rob Schmidt's a show on Newsmax. Uh, d- let me just say something very clear. What you just said, what we just discussed for the last 120 seconds is the next two years. Everybody listening right now needs to understand the vector of attack for us to succeed has to be the people behind the front men. If we want to drain the swamp, it's got to be the money men we take down. That Everybody needs to internalize what Steve and I just discussed because it is the key to victory in 2024 and saving the republic. Uh, me, uh, just follow me, sebgorka.com, all the social media except uh, the fascists at YouTube. So uh, True Social, Twitter, and most importantly, <laughs> Substack. 
That's sebastiangorka.substack.com. And tonight I'm hosting Rob Schmidt, 7 p.m. I got to go, 7 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax. Be there. Seb's got to get in the hair and makeup. Dr. Gorka, thank you. Short commercial break. A guest we have wanted for a long time, Mike Adams from Natural News, next in the war room. Okay, just an, another another item from Arizona, uh, just another drop. And they said there's 8,000 votes still left in Maricopa and 3,000 in Pima. I mean, this was Maricopa was supposed to be done two nights ago. This just keeps on. It's not certifiable. I mean, you got to get into court. You got to get an injunction. You got to show your data and your information. But I think the information is pretty overwhelming. This has been a humiliation to the folks in Arizona. Just understand on the world stage, you look like buffoons. It looks like buffoons. And the guy you roll out there uh, from Maricopa County, Bill Gates, is a complete and total clown. And to think that goes on the world stage in front of BBC and German television and CCTV in Beijing and NHK, uh, what the world you talk about, democracy, everything. This is a fiasco. And it's it's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Uh, And that's everybody in Arizona, not just the Kerry Lake supporters. Uh, I want to really uh, glad to uh, bring on someone I've wanted to be on the show for a long time, Mike Adams, founder and publisher of Natural News and also the founder of Brighteon, the video platform, kind of a competitor to YouTube and Rumble. Uh, Mike, uh, I want you on. There's a very disturbing story out of Reuters. And of course, Zero Hedge picked it up. It's about Germany. We have focused a lot on capital markets on the show. We particularly focus a lot on European capital markets because they're so linked to the United States. But it's a story about uh, from four insiders uh, from Reuters, you know, pretty squared away, uh, that says that German banks are getting emergency measures for cash because of the problems with heating, electricity, this everything's going on, that they're very concerned about chaos this winter. I can't think of a better guy than you to come on and explain exactly what's going on. How serious do you think this is and how serious should people in the United States take kind of this what I call the dark valley that we're about to enter into, sir. Well, Steve, uh, first of all, it's an honor to join you. And I, I want to say that when we, the people, take this republic back and the new history books are written, there will be an entire chapter dedicated to Steve Bannon and the War Room crew. And no joke. You guys are running this in beast mode nonstop. And I'm just happy to to be here in parallel with what you're doing and telling the truth. So to get to your question, I believe there is a, there's a global dismantling of food and energy infrastructure that's taking place right now. I can give a lot of specific examples that we can go into, you know, time allowing here. But in Germany, they know what's coming. They know that the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines has shut off so much energy that rolling blackouts are inevitable through this winter, especially if the weather turns colder. They know that that's going to cause a lot of uh, panic among their own citizens because Germany is a cash-intensive type of uh, economy. Most people use cash for most transactions. And if you have blackouts, then the banks don't work, the ATMs don't work during those blackouts. I'm not saying they're going to be permanent, but they can be rolling and they can cause a lot of um, frustration among citizens. So they are preparing for emergency cash distribution and also fuel scarcity and the potential for civil unrest across Germany this winter. Mike, how long, because I've been a, a, a reader of natural news for, for many, many years. This is all coming to a head now, but this is a process that's taken us a long time to get here. Walk us through that process. We got some time and we can just flow, flow into the next hour too. 
walk us through how do we get in here? We talk about the dismantling of the food and energy infrastructure. This just didn't happen out of nowhere. How, how did we get to this point when, when an advanced nation and I think the number three or four economy in the world, Germany, is now in pre-panic mode by officials? Well, we have to bring up the issue of the, the climate change uh, pushers. And through climate change, understand, not only did they then meticulously dismantle the fossil fuel infrastructure in Germany, across Western Europe, and also in the United States through pipeline shutdowns, halting of drilling, and so on, but you got to understand, climate change called for carbon sequestration, which is altering the chemistry of the atmosphere to pull CO2 out of the air. Now, CO2 is nutrition for plants, for growing food crops. And the, the quickest way to feed the world, by the way, would be to increase CO2 in the atmosphere. When you take CO2 out of the atmosphere, you reduce crop yields worldwide. And that's exactly what's going on. And it's deliberate. And so when you have a lot of third world nations that have marginal food production right now, they're just barely on the edge of producing sufficient calories to keep their people you know, from uh, revolting. And then you start taking CO2 out of the atmosphere. And then you have interference with photosynthesis. Because of the Tonga volcano, January of this year, which NASA says ejected water vapor into the mesosphere, which is above the stratosphere. So it's reflecting some amount of sunlight, not enough for you and I to notice, but enough to affect crop yields and temperatures, which is the length of the crop seasons. So now you're having crop yield failures globally. And then the situation with Russia and the shutdown of natural gas is causing fertilizer shortages in Europe and the United States. So all of these are coming together, but it's the climate change cult, as I call it, that is the source of dismantling all of this. And if we don't stop it, a lot of people are going to die on this planet over the next three or four years because of that. No kidding. Let me, Germany is probably arguably the most, uh, with the United States, the most advanced industrial power on earth. And they, they've got kind of an engineer's mentality to things. How did this happen in Germany? How, how is Germany like the, the, the hotbed of this? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? And we're well, going to go well, to break in about a minute. You're right. Germans are outstanding uh, engineers. The German people are, are brilliant. And they're, they're, one of their companies called BASF, B-A-S-F, is the largest chemical con con conglomerate excuse me, in the world. But they use natural gas as a feedstock and as an energy source to produce the inputs that go into fertilizer. So the nitrogen-based fertilizers through the Haber-Bosch process, I think you've had guests on that have spoken about that before. When this gets shut down, as is already happening across Europe, you don't get fertilizer production because they're answering to the political virtue signaling of the climate change cult. So it doesn't matter if you're the smartest engineers in the world. If you don't tap into your natural resources, your country is doomed. And we got to turn that around here in America, too. Mike Adams, hang on. I, I want to, I'm going to have Mike Adams and we're rolling to the next hour. We got, uh, we've got Joe Allen is going to talk about this document at the, uh, at the G20. Very disturbing document on kind of vaccine passports, medical passports for the world. We've got uh, Tony Lyons, the publisher is going to be there with Dr. Robert Malone. We've got Brian Kennedy. We're absolutely packed. And Joe Reek from My Patriots Fly. We're packed in the second hour. We're not going to miss this. We're going to start off with Mike Adams from Natural News. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in the war room for hour two of the evening show. Mike Adams, Natural News founder and publisher, joins us next. This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. 
if you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Thursday, 17 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. Massive events on Capitol Hill. Huge events out in Arizona. Of course, uh, Donald J. Trump's kicked off the presidential campaign. Uh, we've got an hour. And I got to tell you, if I'd have a lineup, I got Mike Adams from Natural News. I got Joe Reek from My Patriot Supply. I got Joe Allen, who covers transhumanism for us. It has an amazing article about the first cyborg ever to be elected to the United States Congress. I've got Tony Lyons, the brave publisher at Skyhorse. I've got the one and only Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Brian Kennedy. This is like packed. I want to start, Mike, I will go back to the German situation. You've always been good. The reason I love um, natural news is that you have pieces in there that break down and analyze uh, world events, geopolitical events, uh, you know, politics, markets. But you also then have tons of kind of science, health, all that. What do you propose? What is what what is when Mike Adams sees an advanced society like Germany? And they're hitting the panic button to say, hey, we need emergency uh, bags of cash because we think this winter we're, we in an advanced society are going to have blackouts, brownouts. We don't know if the ATMs are going to be working. We don't know if we're going to have power because we've bought into this cult of climate change. What is your what are you telling people here in the in America we should be thinking about and preparing for and thinking through? Well, it's very simple. I believe that we have all the resources and solutions and intelligence that we need to overcome scarcity, to overcome rigged elections, to overcome corruption, all of it. We simply have to tap into our resources. And I'm a huge uh, advocate of preparedness. So I tell people, look, we're going to go through some hard times here. We're going to have power outages. We're going to have communications failures. We're going to have food shortages. We're going to get to the other side of this and we're going to be victorious. In the meantime, yes, Prep with extra food. You know, you've got a food sponsor coming on later. People need to take that seriously. They need to stockpile. Communications. You know, I'm an advocate. I know you love the satellite phone store as well. They've got the satellite phones. They've got the bivy sticks, which allow your phone to be a, a satellite text messaging device, right? So when the power grid goes down, whether you're in Europe or the United States, you know, you can engage in emergency communications. And if, if you don't mind me saying, the website for that is sat123.com, S-A-T-123.com. Uh, but you've got your own sponsors for, uh, for food. And again, take that seriously, folks, because there are going to be outages. There's going to be scarcity. It doesn't mean that everything's going to disappear. But you've already seen the truth about the diesel shortages, the scarcity that's coming, the increased prices. We're going to get through this. I'm not a doom and gloomer, Steve. We're going to get through this, but we've got to be prepared so, in so every my, way possible. Yeah, here, here, help me out here because our audience has obviously gotten very big. There's And, and I, I want to bifurcate it for a second before I get Joe on it and, and Joe Allen. The, uh, you've got what the people that prepare are the preppers and they're going to Idaho, they're going to Montana, they're going to Wyoming, places like that. And they're, these people are serious and it's become a, a lifestyle and they're prepping. Then you've got the guys that are just now, they're living in suburbs, they're living in exurbs, they may move out of town a little bit, uh, maybe they're even inner city, 
And all of a sudden they're seeing these things and, you know, they see hearing Dave Walsh on our show, hearing people like you on our show, hearing others and things are coming to fruition. And they see an article about Germany that the German banks are like, you know, got to have emergency cash for cash handouts. And they're saying, hey, I can't move to Idaho. But what are, so what are those people to do? What, what do you recommend they start to read? How do you recommend they get up to speed on this so they can understand that the, you know, when they're talking Germany, they're talking Berlin. They're talking Munich. They're talking Frank Frankfurt's one of the world's biggest capital markets. It's right below uh, the city of London. It's right below Tokyo. It's right below uh, Wall Street. And they're talking about these type of things happening in Frankfurt. For, so those people are not going to move to Idaho. What do you recommend for them? No matter where you are, Steve, you, you can increase the depth of your preparedness, whether you're in a city, an apartment building, even in the suburbs or in the countryside. And so we've got to understand disruptions are going to occur. And importantly, it's way worse than what the governments are publicly stating. Even that article that you showed earlier from Reuters, it showed that inside the German government, they are anticipating events that they will not publicly acknowledge. That's why that was an exclusive Reuters report. Somebody leaked that to Reuters. Here in America, I'm telling you that much the same is going to happen, although electricity prices won't be as high here in America, thankfully. Food scarcity won't be as bad, but in regional areas, it can still get bad. So have extra, you know, keep your car fueled up, have extra food supplies in case there's a couple of weeks where the grocery stores don't work. Folks, if you run out of diesel, how are they going to deliver groceries to the grocery stores? And the barges aren't, aren't running at normal speed, as you know, because the Mississippi is low. So you've got disruptions in grain deliveries going to cattle operations. You're going to have meat prices and meat scarcity that's going to go through the roof in 2023. And, you know, my friend, Michael Yan, you've had him on before. He and I have hour-long interviews about the food scarcity that's coming. I can just tell you, Steve, it's far worse yeah. than what yeah. we're being told. Yeah. Jan, who's, uh, you know, a regular on the show, he basically taken the last year of his life to go around the world. You know, he was with the Dutch farmers, and Jan's not a guy whose hair gets on fire, he said, hey, you have no earthy idea. He's been in North Africa. He's been all over the world. He says, hey, what's going to happen on this food situation is going to sh shock people. Uh, Mike Adams, yep. how do people get to Natural News and particularly how they get to your new video site that's kind of a competitor to Rumble and to, to YouTube? How, how do they find out all your writings? Well, thank you. Naturalnews.com is the main website. And yeah, we, we run Brighton.com. It's far smaller than Rumble. And we support everybody in this space that supports freedom of speech. So Brighton.com is where people can find me there. Do you have uh, social media or just go to the website Natural News? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have Brighton.social running, but we're also on Truth Social and we're on Getter. We're on all the platforms as well, including Telegram. And we're just we're just here to do what you're doing, Steve. Get the word out, tell the truth, expose the corruption, move humanity forward. But we we got to get past this dark time. And it's going to be a couple years of darkness, in my prediction, before we beat this thing. But we're going to beat it. We're going to come back. This is America. Mike Adams, thank you very much, founder and publisher of Natural News. We are going to get you, through it. We're going to go through the dark valley, get Tony Lyons and, and Dr. Malone with his new book.